Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to another episode of Business Black Belts. I'm David Golding. I have the pleasure of being here with the founder and CEO of Findustries, Don Finley. How are you today, Don? David, I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me as well. Oh yeah, thrilled to uh, to be doing this with you. Um, can't wait to dig into some of your story because there's um, there's too much for us to ever fill into uh, one podcast, but we're going to do our best. Why don't we just start though with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, perfect. Um, let's see. So I reside in Philadelphia um, here with my dog and kind of enjoying this place for the last uh, over 15 years now. Um, started Industries nine years ago, almost 10 uh, and we originally started out as being like an organizational consulting firm, gave me the opportunity to travel around, uh, quite extensively. And even before starting Findustries, I was, I was on the road for 300 nights a year, uh, working between Europe, North America, Mexico, and a bit of Central America as well. Um, but doing that for a couple of years, you kind of learn that you, you want to get into a community, you want to settle in and and see what is actually around you. So Findustry switched over to doing project work in software development uh, and then really honed in on focusing on what it is that we can deliver in emerging technology. So artificial intelligence, internet of things, and blockchain application development uh, are the three areas that we primarily go after. Um, But that kind of like has created a a nice space for us to partner up with a number of other organizations in order to deliver our, our works. Um, as far as a little bit more about me personally, I kind of have gone down the, uh, down the path of having the travel bug and getting out there and at the same time, always into personal development. A lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Um, and I do want to get into some of that personal development, uh, because you've uh, inspired me with a couple of your stories and, and kind of anecdotes. But before we get there, let's talk about, um, you know, just how Findustries has evolved, right? I mean, you just talked about um, that at a high level, but knowing the story at a deeper level would just love to, to hear. Um, and really, you know, Don, the thing is, you, it's like you embrace these things happen to you. And you lean into them rather than kind of recoil from them. And I think yeah. that's one of your superpowers. So let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I do have friends that are like, you, you see every challenge as an opportunity Yeah, is how they go about it. And like, I've, I've gone through some pretty challenging life events and at the same time come out smelling like roses enough times to be like, all right, this is how it naturally flows. Um, from the standpoint of like industries and how we operate and the transitions that we've gone through, uh, that's also fallen in line with how I've progressed through the world and grown myself. Um, more specifically, I think the, the story you're probably talking about is the the transition from getting to the top of Kilimanjaro after, you know, six days of climb, we're standing at the caldera, watching the sunrise over the second peak. 
And it was a beautiful experience that I saw on all my friends' faces of how elated they were to be in this moment. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it's not like amazing. <laughs> and that had nothing to do with how amazing it actually is and how beautiful that scene is. It's just, I had put myself through the self-development work that I had done, the challenges that I had faced with depression and not trying to feel the lows, I had cut myself off from the top as well. Hmm. And so the emotional framework that I was going through had a really narrow band of what I was able to feel. And it was in that moment that I recognized that there was a lot of things that I wanted to change. Um, one of it was how I, you know, address the world. But the second thing was I left for Africa and Findustries was doing the best that it ever had done. We were on a, a great growth tra trajectory. Uh, revenue was coming in, clients were satisfied. And I was working with all my passion in this space. And so once I got down from the mountain, once I got home, I called some other friends who I had met recently and at the same time saw that they had the deepest personal connections that I've seen within any group of people. And they were doing business together. And I was like, this is kind of like what I'm looking for. So I called them up. I asked what they were up to. They said they were heading to Peru in a month. And I was like, I want to join you. Let's, let, let's go. So almost as soon as we landed, I kind of, I got the hit that I only wanted to work with friends. And so how that was going to happen wasn't that I was going to be going out and hiring my friends that I had considered before. It's that I was going to look at the relationships that I had with the people I was working with in a different context and see them for more than the one dimensional aspect that we were previously engaging upon and to see the, you know, the trials, the tribulations, their dreams, their growth as the primary space of what we were creating. Uh, and that's really what came about in our last transition of working with friends. Um, we put out a manifesto that describes like how we want to treat the people that we're working with. We describe the, the aspects of work and what it means to work with us and how, you know, we treat the relationship as greater than the project. Uh, and a lot of times we, we end up turning down work because it's not in the best interest of all parties involved. Um, then this kind of like brings us into 2020 and the pandemic. And one of the transitions that had occurred is we started looking at what does Findustries do well? What is the, the team that it has do well? And then additionally, what are the things that we, we should kind of be looking to our friends outside of the firm to help us with? Uh, and another question that came about was, some of the people on our team, they were doing work for us, but their dream was to own their own business. So what we did is we helped them transition into their own business, still doing work with us. But now instead of as an employee or a contractor, we were creating joint ventures, we're creating revenue share agreements between the, the teams and allowing essentially finishries to divide up so that everybody has an ownership stake in the parts that they're delivering towards. Uh, and the, the nice thing about that is it also made it easier for us to go out and find those partners to help us execute. And in that transition, 
we became a kind of like central point for developers in all different areas. So Finistries today is about a, a consortium of 60 different partners that encompasses about 3000 developers worldwide, uh, enabling us to deliver projects from, you know, two developers and a small startup application that needs to be done for demo purposes to uh, building banks requiring 90 to 100 developers for, you know, 18 months. And so that's the, the diversity, the execution that we can supply. And we're able to support, you know, startups all the way to Fortune 10 customers in that paradigm. Jeez. Um, that is so cool. Um, just, and so I couldn't help but think about um, my own life and, and something I learned in the last few years, maybe let's say five years in, in my relationship with my wife, right? Um, yeah. Which is for a long time, I would resist, uh, you know, she would start bringing up something that I didn't like or an idea and I, and I would resist it. Right. And that caused a lot of friction and, and, uh, you know, problems and what, you know, and, and so what I hear you saying is, um, people that are friends of yours and that you care about, um, you know, had expressed a desire that potentially as an entrepreneur, as a founder of a business, as a CEO, um, they're wanting to go out on their own. A lot of people would see that as a threat and they would resist that, but you embraced it. Um, and I think that is so powerful and maybe because for one thing, it's just so unique, but I also understand it because in, in my own situation, I found the power in that to be, um, just incredible, right? I mean, it changed everything. It was like someone turning on the lights, like all of exactly. a sudden, instead of just like trying to stop um, my wife from whatever it was, right? And, and you know what the other thing, Don, is in every single situation, it's always been for my betterment, right? Um, now, it, I, maybe I don't like it at first, right? Because I have to change. I have to kind of look at things differently. I need to just sometimes be quiet and really, again, um, empathize and consider someone else's feelings. Right. But then on the yeah. other side of that is something that is always so much better than what I had planned. Has that been, you know, can, can you relate to that in what you've experienced with you know, oh, yeah. this approach? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing cause I'm kind of going through that right now as well with a, yeah. you know, a close personal friend and, us speaking our truth, speaking like what is actually like, what is our desires? What is it that we're looking for? And then also noticing that they don't match, yeah. right? Like there's definitely a difference, but it's such an act of love for yourself to state your truth, to state what it is for the betterment of you and for, you know, other parties involved. And then additionally, it's such a gift of love to fully hear somebody say something that you are resisting yeah, and that creates that resistance. And then the gift in that as well for myself is to look at the resistance and to, to wonder what is pulling me out of that present moment. And a lot of the times it's, it's a little bit of the past. It's yeah. some other experience that's not allowing you to fully show up in that space. Uh, when it came to, our employees looking to start their own businesses or looking to do something else and wanting to do it outside the umbrella of industries. Um, 
yeah, at, at first there was a little hesitation. And one of the things that I, I looked at was in order for us to create a more equitable, equitable way of working together, I saw it as that was the advantage is that now instead of having a part or having a, an employee that is concerned about their scope and what they're working on and how it fits into the larger organization, but the reward that they get is rather finite in relation to the overall scope of what they could contribute and also becomes a little bit of a barrier for how do you grow? How do you show ownership in different areas by creating the partnerships? We're now looking at like, if industries grows, our partners grow. If our partners grow, industries also has more opportunities to grow as well. And so the resistance of what it might not be has far been outweighed by the like reality of creating a win-win scenario for people who want to follow their dreams, who want to do it with friends. And then knowing that they have the support of somebody who has been doing it for years, uh, as well as the support of the network of people that share the same values as us. Yeah. So that's another cool thing too, is it's almost like it, it self-perpetuates in that, you know, you attract people to it who are like you and think like you. And, um, you know, so it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the other thing that you said is, you know, you turn down business, right? Because that's the other, the other idea here is that, you know, you, you recognize where there isn't a match and you're not trying to force it. Again, you're not resisting. Yeah. You're just um, kind of embracing the fact, you're really embracing reality, right? Like this is going to happen whether I like it or not. Like, you know, I mean, in some way, there's real power in just allowing things to happen. Kind of, I guess what, what I'm trying to say, Don, is it's almost like you're very good at perceiving what you control and what you can't. And then also really caring about, because these are your friends and you see, you know, um, them differently than just a business person, um, that then ultimately is creating something much bigger and better and more meaningful yeah. as a result. And that, I, I think you're hitting on a core concept here is like when, when you're working with friends, you know, you're not working with a business person, you're working with a human, you're working with a person that you know, um, you're working with somebody that you care about. And so when you look at like how you go about doing business, you are no longer looking at it from an extractionary standpoint, right? Like I need your work product in order to get something done. No, we're collaborating in order to get this product to market. Uh, and so we've been able to create tighter teams. We've been able to get over that what is it? The storming, the forming, storming, norming paradigm of like team development. I know I'm missing. Oh, performing is the last one. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if you start out with the aspect of there's the person first and like treat that person as a whole person instead of just the one angle of like, I need this person for their Java skills, then you start to see you getting through the norming phases and like the, to the performing phase a lot quicker. Yeah. So, um, how long did it take? Um, or I guess I, I'll ask this a different way. Just what have you seen, um, as the differences, like 
can you literally point to the fact that the business took off and grew and radically changed as a result of you, um, you know, embracing this and, um, you know, beginning to uh, look at the business and your approach to it differently? Yeah, I can say that the business, I, I would say that from the business perspective, the numbers continue to grow uh, in a way that is indicative of less effort being applied to them. Mm. Um, I'm probably at like a 30 hour work week right now on like Finistries uh, down from a hundred hours. Uh, the business is in a lot more sustainable place. Yeah. Um, I would say that I'm probably more reliant that on a personal level, it's probably my leadership that has had the biggest advantage from this change is that I'm no longer looking at essentially being the one person who, who drives things. Uh, now you see ownership throughout the organization. You see ownership with our partners. You see people driving what they are also creating as well. And you can see that they have the passion from their own internal drivers that get them through the next couple of days, get them through the weeks, get them like completing what they want to be completing because they see a greater sense of ownership in everything as well. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? I mean, that's almost what I would predict would happen. Yeah. You know, based on um, the principles with which you're living and, and, you know, by leaning in rather than resisting, I mean, there's just tremendous power um, in, in, uh, taking that kind of approach, at least that's what I've, what I've learned and what I've experienced, um, in my own life of, of doing that. So, um, let's talk about, uh, a couple of things, you know, you have some other passions. Um, and you know, one of those is, um, is soothseekers. Uh, And so I'd love to talk about that because, you know, and and when I think about you, Don, which is really cool, is a lot of people say, you know, don't work with family, don't work with friends, right? So you've, you know, decided not to follow that advice. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, with with soothseekers, it's, you know, spirituality and business, right? A lot of people... Um, really shy away and hesitate to mix those things. But again, you're, you're like, going, you're running right into it. So I love it. Talk to us. Oh more yeah. About no, that. I think there's a lot of terrible advice out there. Um, <laughs> and the first one is don't work with friends. You spend yeah. how, like early on in all of our careers, we probably spent more time working than we needed to. And not that we didn't need to work. We just, we, we were learning, we were growing. There was the ambition of like what we can do in our careers. And so you want to soak all that up as much as you can. And then additionally, yeah. we're given the, the advice of don't work with your friends. And it, wh- what does that mean? Right? Like, who are you working with then? Who, who, why are you spending all this time with these people? If you yeah. won't, if you want to hide a good portion of yourself from them. And so, yeah, I'm, I, I think that's terrible advice. And I really, lean into the idea that like, you've got to find people that you want to spend time with. You've got to find people that care about you and that you care about them because otherwise it's a lonely world. And so like, let's build community. Let's find people that like have our same values that want to see the same things go about. 
And that kind of brings over to suit seekers as well, which is bridging the gap between spirituality and business. And I feel spirituality is a fairly wide net that covers both the, um, the religious aspects of it, but also really personal development. Uh, if you look at like what spirituality is for me is it is that path of self-discovery of Mm. finding out who you truly are. Um, that plays out in our creative realms and through business is a creative outlet for us. So when I go on meditation retreats, when I go to other spiritual retreats, the business people who are new to the work tend to come over, tend to say like, man, I'm, I got to go back into the business world. I really don't want to, like, this is such a great place to be. And at that point, I'm also like, you're kind of missing the point. The point isn't to leave this here. The point's to bring this back into the world, bring those feelings, bring those practices into your daily life, into those spaces. And so we created Suit Seekers to help people bridging that gap between what it is going on in their spiritual life and how they're applying it in their business, as well as to be in a community of other spiritually minded business people as well. Uh, and so where we've launched our, our, our site, suitseekers.com, we have opened up our discord group as well. Uh, and the end goal is that we are turning suit seekers into a DAO, which is a, a decentralized autonomous organization in the crypto space, right? Mm-hmm. So with the web three, uh, where I know I'm just throwing out buzzwords for a few minutes here, but at the same time, what it empowers us to do is to create a community that is actually owned or at least the governance of that community is done by the people in the community and they could decide where it goes. And so what we're bringing these people together for is to talk about what's going on with their world, what's going on with their business, what they can do to further align themselves and communicate that with uh, what value they bring to the world to a population of people who want to do more business with spiritually minded people as well. Uh, And so we imagine that we're going to see some products getting developed by this team, uh, some services, some workshops, coaching that is available through that to help people uh, on their own personal journey. Very cool Um, and really exciting. But at the same time, I got to wonder, you know, if you look at history and, and you look at, um, you know, man has struggled mightily with trying to uh, define these things. Um, you know, have you had any uh, challenges with that? Right. You know, d- different. Like you said, you know, there, there's obviously the self-discovery, but then there's also religion. And, you know, people get very passionate about these things. So have you had to address those sorts of things yet? Um um, we've been in a fairly limited launch yeah. right now. And so like we have a, a pretty tight control over the culture, uh, that gets done. Um, one, I think as long as you see that your religious pursuits and that your spiritual pursuits are an individual sort of game that you're playing, yeah, then you can accept that somebody else's journey may go down a different road. Uh, mm-hmm. when we start to get into the idea that you, you are looking at your religious endeavor as a need, a need of somebody else to follow. 
um, that's really kind of in violation of what our community guidelines say and how we yeah. look to treat like the individual pursuit. Because David, your your journey in life is entirely different than mine. And like, yep. it's incredibly valuable that you've had your journey and that your future journey is also your own to decide and how you want to go about it. That's not for me. And that's not for any one community to tell you how you need to go about your life. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's cool that, uh, and also, you know, having those guidelines and I think that perspective of just, um, you know, uh, making sure that the focus is on that personal approach and development and growth rather than trying to, you know, force somebody else into your beliefs is, is going exactly. to be the key, right? Yep. So there's one other thing I want to, I want to touch on. Um, you know, you, um, are really good at, uh, life hacks, biohacks. Um, there's one you shared with me that, um, was really, really cool and kind of blew my mind. So I want you to share that with everybody else. Absolutely. Um, Steve Jobs formally said that like, if you wake up three days in a row, not doing something that you like, or fearing what you want to do or not loving what you want to do, then you need to make a change. Um, I've taken that in a little bit different of a perspective in that I go and buy lottery tickets. And so there's two things that I check in on. And it's at the point of when I'm buying the ticket, what is the emotions that are going through and the thought around like, hey, what happens when I win this, right? Like what happens when this goes, what would I change in my life? And it's crucial to, what's crucial for me to know when something comes up, okay, most of the times the things that come up doesn't require a million dollars. It doesn't require $10 million, right? Like it only requires making a change in priorities or actually like adjusting itself. And so when I go and buy that ticket, it's a gut check for me. Am I working with the right people? Am I spending my time with the people that I want to be spending time with? Am I, am I focused on the activities that bring joy to my life and bring joy to the world? And if the answer is no on any one of those things or the emotions are coming up about the changes I want to make, then I just go and make the changes <laughs> because that, or like put the process in place so that the changes can be made. And it is really just using the emotional hack of like, what is that big dream? Or the other question that people will ask you in coaching is if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing? And I'm just using the lotto ticket to kind of like force that emotional aspect of it to come to the top. Yeah, it's such a great way of, um, or a great barometer for where you are kind of mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, because it really is. Uh, and, and what I shared with you is I have stopped buying lottery tickets <laughs> because I think so much about everything I would change. Yeah. Um, and, and I get overly focused on kind of that dream of not having to worry about money. And, and I love the beauty of just like, well, then don't worry about money, right? Why are you worried about money, right? Or, exactly. or why are you worried about um, making changes? It, it just, it really makes it so much more real. Um, and it gets right down to brass tacks, right? It, it's not about money. It's about making tough decisions and about following and trusting 
exactly. your instincts and and your your desires. One hundred percent. And you kind of notice that, like, the other question I have to ask myself is: Is it the money that's holding me back from doing this, or is it am I am I myself holding me back yeah. from actually experiencing the things that I want to experience? Yeah. So do you do coaching? Yeah. You know, do you coach people? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I do coach people as well. Um, mostly around identity. Um, yeah. I find, or at least my coaching practice is, is all about transformation. And so I typically coach executives that are stepping into like a new level of their career uh, or transitioning into a different line of business. There, there's some sort of change that they either are making or want to make. And so there's really three levels that we work on the physical, like what actually needs to get done, the emotional, what are the beliefs that are either holding you back or helping you? And then really my favorite place to be is identity. Who do you see yourself to be? If you yeah. wake up in the morning and say that you're an athlete, you're most likely going to do athletic things. Yeah. And so I look at it as from, you know, be the person you want to be in order that does the things to have the life you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like to do in your free time? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm learning guitar is one thing, uh, photography as well. Uh, and then it, before the pandemic, there was a lot of travel, just getting back into the travel scene as well, um, working with different cultures, seeing like what's experiencing them. And then uh, definitely a passion for, for art as well. Yeah. So do you have any trips planned right now? Um, I was talking to a friend about going to Vegas, uh, another friend in Bali uh, mm. that I may go visit. Um, an additional trip to Colorado is on the books, and I may end up in Chicago next week. So, nice. Love yeah. Chicago, especially in the spring, man. Yeah. Oh, Chicago in the spring is fantastic. Yeah. So what's your favorite place? Uh, you know, Obviously, you climbed Kilimanjaro. And, um, you know, had a, obviously a life-changing experience there, but, uh, you know, what else has been a highlight for you from a travel perspective? Um, good question. I was, I was in Florida the other week traveling with a friend and she was talking about how she always hated leaving Florida. And so that's why she moved back or not moved back, moved there. And it was in that moment that I was like, I don't really have a spot that I like love to go back to. I mean, I think hmm. I've, I've been somewhere with at least a dozen countries um, and I've loved every single one of them. I kind of feel like I'm a bit of a gypsy when it comes to these things. <laughs> and so I do, I do love my warmer climates. Um, San Diego has always been a place that I would love to go oh. back to. Yeah. Uh, being in Peru, the people of Peru are just amazing. They all lead from their hearts. There mm -hmm. isn't the, the anxiety that you see in the Western world. It's very yeah. much like down to earth, kind of like connected with the world uh, and just wanting to, to be of service because they, they find joy in helping others. And like, it just kind of like permeates through. So I, I love that piece of it. Um, Southeast Asia is absolutely gorgeous. 
and just has so much culture and so much of a, a different way of life than we do here that I've always enjoyed. Um, yeah, that is such a hard question for me to answer. Well, actually, I think you just, you answered it. it. Yeah, you answered it wonderfully, right? Which is, I, I think um, that once you get to be uh, experienced in something, you appreciate everything, right? In that, Thank you. yeah, I mean, truly, you know, you're, you're able to really recognize the differences. And again, because you're someone who leans in, it becomes very natural to just appreciate yeah. Um, these places and not necessarily have to compare them. Right. I, I, I think comparison is somewhat of a, an immature way of looking at the world. So I, um, you know, I, I, I love the way you answered that. And, and I would agree. I've never been to, you know, Southeast Asia, but um, I've been to, you know, the, at least similar places to everywhere you just highlighted. Um, and you're right. I mean, the things that you pointed out about Peru, um, you know, that culture, you know, the South American, Latin American culture oh, yeah. is just incredible. Their ability to live in the moment, um, to be much more focused on giving than receiving um, is so powerful. And the joy and the richness that that culture has um, is incredibly endearing. Exactly. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, well, we could go on and on. I'm going to have to have you back because I just, uh, you know, love talking with you. Um, but before we go, uh, what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is probably on LinkedIn with Don Finley or feel free to email me. It's don at fin dot d-u-s-t-r-i-e-s dot com awesome all right don finley findustries it's been an absolute pleasure man look forward to staying in touch david thank you so much for having me today it's been a pleasure and i look forward to doing this again with you great take care don thanks again for listening to today's episode of business black belts should you want to see more content on both the show marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.